0: Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Just a couple of thoughts here. First of all, I'm so profoundly moved by hearing our team report how God was at work in the lives of the people in Colorado Springs and how you team joined him, how we as a church joined God in his work in Colorado. Um, a couple of thoughts that just just struck me so strongly was uh, the 14 kids who said yes to King Jesus. They, these were kids who were unchurched, right? They don't go to church. They don't have families who send them to 15 VBSs and they don't uh, get to go to Sunday school classes and worship services. They don't get to be Mary and Joseph on Easter or at Christmas time. They don't get to have, you know, a little uh, uh, gospel bracelet from uh, church on Easter Sunday. Like many of our kids, all of our kids get to experience, but these kids had an encounter with King Jesus that was just as profound, just as profound as, as when Jacob encountered God uh, uh, and, and experienced that God was there to, to care for him. Just as Peter encountered Jesus on the water, those profound moments when you recognize your, uh, you, you, there is a living God in our lives, those moments uh, in the same impact as these kids who said yes. And I thank you team for being faithful to the gospel message and just every day exhibiting that with your life by being a servant and then by also giving the message and sharing how someone can repent and uh, come to faith in King Jesus. And so that profoundly impacted 14 people who represent 14 families, who represent whole communities, uh, areas that we uh, will not have daily influence in. So thank you for that. And also too, I was... Uh, just impressed, impressed that uh, reminded me. You know, oftentimes mission trips are experiences for you to enroll, just as someone goes and enrolls in a university class to better themselves. A mission trip, a short-term mission trip, oftentimes people uh, it's it's enrolling in a class on how to grow your faith, right, Dave? I mean, you're going to university, uh, Christ University, and you're learning things. And one of the things that was amazing. Uh, the, the commonality, and it's a common thing that we need to all take, and that is God has a way of taking our foibles, taking our picadillos, taking the things that we say, oh, God, I'll give you this, but never this. And oftentimes, it's God that says, okay, we're going to meet right there, right? Lori saying, I hate sand, and how ironic and how funny that God says, okay, we're going to spend a few days together in a sand pit, and you're going to meet me in a place that you Hey, that was not accident. That was divine design, right? And Chris, uh, uh, hey, I'll I'll meet you whenever I get to build things. And and Jesus says, oh, you you take comfort in building things? I'm going to take that away from you and let you do life one-on-one with some kids and see what good you can do there, right? That is not an accident. It's not a happenstance. That is all the process of making us more and more like Christ, and so today what I want to do before we finish out our thoughts on on the, the theme today uh, of making change, uh, I want to pray. I'm going to pray for our, the kids that met Jesus. I want to pray for our mission trip people. Uh, and I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us as we have been impacted by this trip. Uh, and so, so we're going to do that right now. I ask you to to, uh, to bow your heads with me and bow your hearts. And we come before the Father and we say, God, thank you. Thank you for using us. You can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick, God. And we recognize that we're crooked. We recognize that we're broken. We recognize that we, we have issues, God. And yet you still choose to use your people for kingdom good. And we say, thank you. Lord we pray for these 14 kids that have said yes to you. Oh God, we were faithful with the part you gave us and just as just as Paul reminds us that one will water, one will grow and one reaps a harvest. God we got to reap a little bit of a harvest, but now there are people uh, in that community church that will be growing these kids. so be with them God help them in their diligence, their faithfulness. May these children uh, that have said yes to you, would, they, would we see lives that grow throughout the years and we see kingdom impact in them? And would they be people who, who talk and, and share the message of the gospel to their families and to their community, to their friends, God? Lord, we pray for our team. The lessons learned on this week, God, would... Would coming back to normal life, coming back to Springfield, Missouri, Lord, may may the messages that were learned, the lessons learned, God, may they not drift, may they not fade away, may may they not just go into the background, but just as Reuben reminded us uh, that we are called not to live on mission when we go out of state, but we're called to be on mission every day of our lives. Would this team, as they've experienced that, just continue to put that in the front of their Head, in the front of their mind as they go to work, as they go to school, as they go and do life here in Greene County. Lord, I pray for us as a church. God, we just were, we're impacted. We, many of us gave to make this trip happen. Many of us prayed for the people on this team. And so we were a part of this organization. We were part of this group, part of this trip. And Lord, may we, uh, as we see how you use your people May we be people to continue to say yes. Yes, God, we will be on mission with you, whether it's a foreign country or another state or people across the street from us. We want to be on mission with you, Lord. So empower us. Give us the ability to see the needs. Give us the ability and the willingness to stand in the gap for people. Because we are convinced that when we stand in the gap and people say yes to King Jesus, they say yes to life. And so we pray that we would be people that live those things out so powerfully. These things we pray in your son's powerful name. Amen. Thank you, team, for going and representing your church and your Lord so well. We appreciate you doing that. It means the world to me. Uh, We're in this series, Making Change, and it's talking about, we've been talking about how to deal with finances, how to deal with the resources, the stuff the stuff that God has given us, has trusted us, what do we do with that? We've talked about less is more, less is more, and I've loved, several people have sent me pictures over the last couple of weeks of boxes that have been pulled out of their homes of stuff that they don't use anymore, and so they're getting it out, they're getting it out, they're giving it away to other people who could use it, and I'd uh, love to see that. Matter of fact, I'm going to put some of those pictures on Facebook this week for you to see as well uh, so we we've learned and talked about less is more we talked about uh, uh, about how um, you know that not only is less is more but stress is bad and so many of us are in a financial stress we are experiencing financial stress in our lives in such a way that it's just creating bad things for us so so less is more stress is bad and today what we got to hear over and over and over in these six people's Miles is that giving is good. It is good when we give. Giving is good. Uh, we saw this in the stories, in the faces of our people. We saw this in the video of those kids who are people impacted and, and literally with the aid of the Holy Spirit, their lives, many of those kids' lives, have been changed. And today I just want to read. To you, a passage from Philemon. If you have your copy of Scripture, we're going to be in Philemon uh, for years. For the record, for years, I always understood that the uh, the way you pronounce that book is Philemon. Uh, a few years ago, I talked to a a guy who's an expert in in Greek and Hebrew words, and I'm told, Dave, that uh, it's the correct pronunciation is Philemon. Philemon. And I'm like, it sounds, sounds Greek. It's all Greek to me, I guess. Um, so whether it's Philemon or Philemon or what, Philemon, whatever you want to use, we're in that book. Paul is writing to a wealthy man. And in verse four, he's, Paul says this to his good friend, I always thank my God when I pray for you. Philemon, Philemon, however you want to say it because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Hey, you know, when we talk about the reality, when we talk about money, uh, there are some churches that their goal to talk about money is because they need that in their coffers to continue their ministries and their efforts. And the reality is that's true for us too. If if we don't have any kind of finances to pay for staffing or to pay for building, we would not be here today. We would not be in this environment. We would not have the quality of people that are leading us on our staff that we do today. But no, that is not our ultimate goal when we talk about money. We talk about money because that is an aspect that is a part of our lives that shows a direct result of what's going on inside of us. You know, it's kind of hard. We don't have a a faith meter. Many times I've prayed that we would, that God would just, when he upgrades us, that he would just install a faith meter, maybe behind our ear or the back of our neck where we can see that when we're in the green, you know, when, when that meter is reading green, then we have strong faith and we know we're doing the right thing. And boy, if it gets yellow, I I need to pay attention I need to think through some things. I need to maybe do some different things because I don't want it to go in the red. And then, yeah, if our faith isn't red, we know that we're in toxic living. I mean, wouldn't life be so much easier if we had a faith meter, but we don't have a faith meter installed on our bodies, but we do have faith meters that God has put into our life. And guess what? Money is one of those faith meters. You see, we when we read Paul and his works here, he he shows us some things. Verse six, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. You see, here's the reality. People with big faith, they have big generosity. People with big faith give big. And let's not milly mouth. These are people that when they see needs among their friends and family, they Speak into those needs and they help. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. When they have opportunities to be a part of things bigger than themselves, they choose to be a part. And yes, these are people who they connect to a faith group and they understand a a church has needs and they give to their church, right? If you have big, big faith, you have big generosity in your life. And understand if you have weak generosity, if you're a person that always says, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I need more before I can give to someone else around me, understand you have weak faith also. I mean, that's that's one of the meters here. That's what Paul is sharing with us. You want to grow your faith? Then one of the easy ways, one of the, the not easy, that's not a true statement. Forgive me, I'll take that word back. One of the most applicable ways, one of the brick and mortar kind of ways you can do it is you start growing your generosity. Start growing your generosity. Uh, you know, let's take it off the church. Let's take that off so that you can't sit back and say I have an agenda here. Uh, one of the things I did a few uh, a while back ago uh, during during COVID, as a matter of fact, I recognized that I was becoming becoming to become a miser. I was becoming. I was afraid for my soul that I was becoming Scrooge McDuck, right? I was afraid that I was going to buy into the lies that our culture was saying and that there is a shrinking, shrinking, shrinking economy that we're one day all going to be very shortly in food lines, you know, getting government cheese to take home after waiting 10 hours. I, I began having those feelings in my heart and I began to have the temptation of hoarding and of keeping things back. And so one of the principles I started doing was I started trying to grow my generosity in real time. And so what was I doing? I would normally, you know, give, you know, 12, 13% to to a waiter, to a staff member at a restaurant. And during that season, I just said, I got to grow. I got to grow my tipping. I got to be a better, more generous tipper to people and bless these men and women who are struggling right now. And, and I began the process of Giving between 20, 25, 30% sometimes uh, for a tip. And there were times I'm sitting there going, as I'm you know writing that on my bill, going, this is not me. This is not me here. But I, but I was like, you know what? I want it to be me. I want it to be me. I want to grow in my generosity. And so I began doing something just like that. And so I would say to you, if you want to grow in your, in your generosity, if you want to grow in your faith, grow your generosity. Paul continues to write here, and he says, And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Hey, friends, how can we not be generous? How can we not be generous with our finances and with our stuff when we see the blessings that God has given us? I mean, the big blessings of salvation through faith in Christ, the huge blessings there, the the common sense blessings of the fact that we're born in the time that we're born, we're born in the community we're born in, we have the lives that we have. What a blessing we have. I even appreciate, like when I... Heard of Ru- from Reuben and I heard from other people who said, hey, our experience of that mission trip was that it reminded us that not every church can be like Northbridge. And not every, not every uh, a group of leaders in a church can be like the leaders at Northbridge. And we were so thankful for what we have. We're so thankful for what we have here at home that it makes us want to be better people. It makes us want to be more generous. This was Paul's prayer to Philemon, to Philemon. And I also say to you, it is my prayer. It is my prayer for us. As we think about what Christ has given us, my prayer that I pray for our church is that we would be just the most generous people, most generous people when we interact with people around us and that we truly deeply understand and deep down in our bones that giving, giving of all kinds is good. It is good when we give of ourselves. And then Paul continues to write in verse 7, Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. You see, when you are giving because giving is good, what do you do? You're getting a blessing for yourself, absolutely, but you're also refreshing the hearts. You're blessing people around you. You're refreshing the hearts of other Christ followers. You're refreshing the hearts of your family. You're refreshing the hearts of people in your community. You're refreshing the hearts of your friends. You're refreshing the hearts of your coworkers. You're refreshing the hearts of strangers across the street who are impacted by your generosity. And I want to be a people. I want the church to be a church that is famous for how we refresh the hearts of everyone we come into contact with. And so as I conclude today, I just simply ask you the question, uh, do you need to grow your generosity? Uh, Perhaps you heard something from somebody on the stage and you're just like, man, profound truths from just normal folks, profound truths from, from some of our teens, from some of our students. And I need that truth in my life too. I need to grow my faith. I need to grow my generosity, then today, right now, let's close this time and let's pray for you. And I would ask that if you are saying that to yourself, that, yeah, Tony, I need to grow my generosity, perhaps this week you just begin praying and making that a, a, a key prayer for your life of, God, grow me, grow me in this area. Stretch me here. Help me become more generous. Give me opportunity to give in ways that maybe I would have never given before. So let's pray right now. And maybe you just pray right after me. If that's you where you're saying, I need to to pray about generosity, then maybe you pray this prayer and you pray it often this week. And here's, here's a prayer I pray. Here's a prayer I did pray. Lord, bring it to my mind to be more generous with the resources you've entrusted me with. Lord, would you bring it to my mind to be more generous today and tomorrow with the things that you have given me, God? Just pray that. And Lord, I do pray that as we are challenged with generosity, knowing that giving is good, help us, help us to be strong in this area, God. Help us to be people, uh, to continue to be people, I should say, because they're are so many very generous people in this congregation. Keep us, keep those generous people generous, God. And those folks who struggle with generosity, would you grow us, Lord? Grow us in this area. These things we pray in your son's powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.